0: When people think of Pittsburgh's industrial might, what they don't see are the sheep the city was built on. This week on Inventing Pittsburgh, the softer side of
1: prosperity. So here's my lamb flock right here. They were born in April, and now they're growing to be big adults.
0: Georgie Kavakoski leans on the fence surrounding a sunny enclosure on her 230-acre farm in New Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, about 60 miles northeast of Pittsburgh. Three Cheers Farm is built on top of a ridge, and her flock of sheep wanders the pastures that range along its spine.
1: They have a lot of freedom here.
0: A sheep tag 0358 sidles up to the fence to nuzzle Kavakoski's leg. She scratches the tuft of wool on top of his head and says, choosing the breed, Dorset,
1: was a balancing act. With the... Dorset. They're a good meat breed, but they're also a beautiful wool breed.
0: Kavakoski raises her animals with respect and wants nothing to go to waste. Her lambs and sheep provide meat, wool, sheepskins, bones for stock, and fat for soap and candles.
1: Our first batch of lambs will go for processing next week. As soon as the hides come off, those hides have to be salted within a few hours. If it just sets and isn't salted, then the wool will slip off, and you can't send it to be tanned. Nowadays, the nearest tannery is clear across the state, but the process
0: of preserving as much of an animal as possible used to be in the heart of Pittsburgh.
2: We work six days a week.
0: Jeff Coomer learned how to run Pittsburgh Wool Company, the business he inherited from his father and grandfather from the ground up.
2: Very, very, very hard work. It was bitter cold in the winter. You had to uh, pull those big, heavy lamb pelts out of the water every morning, 1,200 of them waiting for you, and uh, they weighed 60 to 70 pounds apiece. Uh, you had to break the ice first before you could go in.
0: An animal after slaughter is meat and hide, basically. Businesses that separated one from the other and into finished products centralized in East Liberty during the mid-1800s, moving to hers Island in the Allegheny River by the early 1900s.
3: Without these smaller scale processing industries like the tanners and the wool pullers and the other craftspeople, the larger industries wouldn't have been able to thrive as well as they did.
0: That's historian David Rotenstein. He documented Pittsburgh Wool Company before it ceased operations in 2000. Objects such as leather belts literally ran the city's machines.
3: The amount of material that went into uh, feeding and clothing and equipping Pittsburgh's workforce is just Uh, unimaginable at this point.
0: Two different railroads delivered cars of 5,000 or 6,000 pelts each to the mill, stored in stacks 25 feet high. After being washed, sodium sulfide, a chemical that corroded the change in employees' pockets, was applied to the pelts to loosen the wool. The wool pullers would grade it, tossing clumps into different bins according to fineness, sometimes doing more than 250 skins a day says former employee, now deceased, Frank Hasen.
1: You didn't vote for Ryan, you got you paid per skin. So much an iron, so much a skin. If you didn't pull them in it, you didn't make any money, you know, so you had to move.
0: Though domestic meat consumption has increased since the 20th century, domestic processing of that meat and its byproducts has only decreased, says Coomer.
2: We were the last one doing it in this country, and uh, which made us either very steadfast or a relic, I'm not sure which.
0: For 90.5 WESA Celebrates Inventing Pittsburgh, I'm Margaret J. Krause.
2: UPMC is proud to support 90.5 WESA Celebrates Inventing Pittsburgh. UPMC, life-changing medicine.